It's 7 o'clock on Utah's Morning News. Good morning, I'm Tim Hughes. And I'm Amanda Dixon. KSL's top story on the 7 o'clock report. Building a Major League Baseball stadium in Salt Lake City could cost taxpayers at least $900 million. KSL News Radio's Adam Small begins our live team coverage, Eye on the Hill 2024. Adam? Amanda, Representative Ryan Wilcox has introduced a brand new bill that not only supports the new stadium, but the area around it. According to the bill text, that $900 million is for half the actual cost to build a new stadium, but that's on the low end. It still leaves the door open to pledge more tax dollars. In terms of where those tax dollars would, or would come from, it would come from two main sources. One, an increase in the hotel tax from just over three-tenths of a percent to almost 2%, but that again is mainly paid by people out of state, and two, property sales and a wide array of other taxes from around the stadium in that new proposed development. The bill has yet to be heard by a committee and has just over a week to clear the hurdles it needs to to become law. Live Adam Small, KSL News Radio. A new bill could soon restrict what our local government can do with our personal data. KSL News Radio's Peter Johnston is live with that story. Peter. Tim, Utah is one of 12 states with a general privacy law in the books. This bill would take it a step farther. Here's what the government has to do. So, some examples would be. Um, when we collect personal information, how do you give notice to individuals of how that data is going to be used? Anyone else that data may be shared with? That's Utah Chief Privacy Officer Chris Bramwell, who's pushed for a bill for months that would prevent government agencies from selling residents' data unless required by law. This new bill would also require them to monitor and report on the status of that data. We'll be hearing more from the sponsor of this bill at 8.45 this morning. Live, Peter Johnston, KSL News Radio. The Utah State Senate will be asked to determine whether a government employee's daily calendar is part of the public record. Senator Curtis Bramble told the Senate committee existing law excludes daily calendars and personal notes from the public record. If it's involving the people's business and you're a legislator, that constitutes, and there's a communication, text message, email, written, uh, voicemail, that would constitute a record under grammar. But your personal uh, communications are not a record under grandma. But he says the state records committee made a decision that appears contrary to that when they ordered state attorney general Sean Reyes to turn over his calendar as part of an investigation by KSL. A hearing into his appeal of that order is scheduled for next week. Don Brinkerhoff, KSL News Radio. KSL's top national stories this hour. An American Airlines flight had a different type of scare when a man reportedly tried to open the emergency exit door mid-flight. Passengers are now speaking out. Blaze Ward tackled the man when he saw what he was trying to do. I could hear the actual difference in pressure. There was a whistling. And so we got him. We got him out of his seat. We unbuckled the, the harness, pulled him down onto the, the ground, and that's where we applied the duct tape and uh, one of flex cuffs. Just saw some of the video that uh, one of the other passengers shot of this. It's uh, pretty dramatic <laughs> stuff. The man is in police custody. The FBI is investigating the incident. The former FBI informant accused of lying about President Biden and his son has been released on bond. ABC's Perry Russom has more from Washington. Alexander Smirnoff leaving court in Las Vegas yesterday. A judge released him under the conditions that he restrict his travel, hand over his passport, and wear an ankle monitor. Smirnoff is charged with lying to the FBI, claiming the Bidens accepted millions in bribes from Burisma, a Ukrainian energy firm. Federal prosecutors say Smirnoff has now admitted that officials affiliated with Russian intelligence were involved in passing along that story, which prosecutors say was fabricated. House Republicans have used Smirnoff's bribery allegation as a justification for their long-shot effort to impeach President Biden. There is no word on what this means for the president's impeachment inquiry. The former FBI informant accused of lying about President Biden uh, 
We'll have more on that story uh, coming up. Let's check weather with Matt Johnson. Cache Valley and parts of Box Elder County seeing some heavy snow this morning, but uh, most valleys have seen a good amount of rain over the last 24 hours. Brigham City with a half inch, four-tenths in Nephi. Leeds, 0.34 down in southern Utah. How about Spring City and San Pete Valley? 31 hundredths, a quarter inch for Salt Lake City downtown. Two-tenths in Eagle Mountain and Cedar City with about 18 hundredths. The valley showers and mountain snow will continue throughout the rest of the day. We just got a new ski report, and we've seen a good amount of snow over the past 24 hours. Here's a few of the biggest totals. Cherry Peak is reporting a foot of new snow, and Eagle Point has 9 inches. Beaver Mountain, Brighton, and Nordic Valley all got 8 inches. Bryant Head, Deer Valley, and Powder Mountain check in with 7 inches. And there's more coming. The price of the gas pump keeps going up. It's a rise that analysts had warned would be coming, and it's not done yet. This is a time of the year. Demand for gas rises. A switch to more expensive summer blends begins, but add to that an Indiana refinery was down for two weeks and attacks on oil tankers in the Red Sea have all caused prices to go up. The Energy Department reporting in the past week the price of regular unleaded has risen $0.08 cents a gallon to an average of $3.27, and the analysts say this is only the beginning of the increases to come. Alex Stone, EBC News. First look traffic on the 7 o'clock report, and here is Andy Farnsworth. And traffic on I-15 has been uh, moving pretty well this morning after a cleanup of a crash happened in Provo. The wet road's not really causing any additional slowdowns there, at least for now. Wet roads haven't really been a factor in the Salt Lake Valley on I-15, and the drive from Ogden to downtown still in the 30 to 35-minute range. Sardine Canyon, though, still restricted to chains, four-wheel drives. Same story for Big Cottonwood Canyon, and little is closed for avalanche control. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. More than 150,000 Americans will start getting notices that their student debt has been forgiven. Here's ABC's Andy Field. It's like winning one of those publishers' sweepstakes, except this time the president is wiping out student debt. It's part of his administration's save plan. You get that benefit if you signed up for the newest student loan payment plan and you've paid down for a decade or longer. Meet the requirements, and the plan forgives the rest of your student debt. The Biden administration saying it now brings the total relieved debt to nearly 4 million Americans. President Joe Biden has canceled nearly $138 billion in student loan debt so far. Salt Lake City is considering a proposal to lease a little over an acre of Sunnyside Park to the University of Utah for a new school baseball stadium. KSL News Radio's Mark Jackson reports. Commenter and university professor James Webster told the council the many flaws makes this a terrible plan. There's over 35 feet of grade change across this property. Everybody says, okay, we're not going to have a wall. We're going to have a 20 to 25 foot wall just as a retaining wall in left field. When you move around to right field, you have another 12 foot wall. It is just an infeasible plan in so many ways. Local rugby coach Robert Kingsford says it's a great idea and hopes a new ballpark would bring attention to the needs of area teams who utilize that park. The council will take further action at a later date. Mark Jackson, KSL News Radio. History was made over the weekend when the first Division I college baseball player with a prosthetic leg got up to the plate. Parker Bird making his collegiate debut. Parker tipping his hat as he approached the batter's box, becoming the first Division I college baseball player with a prosthetic leg to appear in a game. This is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my lifetime in sports. Ball four outside. A baseball lover since he could walk, Parker lost his right leg almost two years ago after a boating accident that nearly took his life. 22 surgeries, months of intensive rehab, now getting him to this day. And it's 
absolutely phenomenal. I mean, his crowd, his fans, his people, my family, my teammates, coaches, I really cannot be more thankful. I really can't put it into words. It's, it's phenomenal. You How see, cool is that? Yeah, did you see the video of it? I was just watching it up on the monitor. It's such beautiful. An, such an emotional thing. And yeah. when he got to first base, then they uh, subbed in a pinch runner for him. But uh, just quite a moment. ABC's Whit Johnson says that Bird helped his East Carolina teammates win the game 16-2. to We have a strange story out of Colorado this morning where a man died after he was bitten by his own pet. KS on News Radio's Michael Commit is live with more. Michael? Amanda, this man was 34 years old and he owned two Gila monsters. Well, it turns out one of them bit the poor guy and he wound up dying four days later. Now, Gila monsters are pretty well known in the Southwest, but what's rare is their bites usually aren't fatal to us humans. A matter of fact, the last time someone bought the farm from a Gila bite was back in 1930. Now, it's possible this guy suffered an allergic reaction to the venom. Now, as for the Gila monster itself, it's been taken to a lab at the University of Northern Colorado for studying of its venom. After that, both of the pets will be sent to a rehab center for wildlife somewhere else. Reporting live, Michael Commits, KSL News Radio. 709. Let's see how that drive is shaping up with traffic and weather together. Brought to you by Sinclair's Dino Pay app. Save up to 20 cents a gallon. Is the valley getting rain yet, Andy? Uh, in a few spots, uh, but not enough to where it's uh, had any impact on the drive, apparently. But uh, Little Cottonwood Canyon closed right now. Avalanche control until uh, at least 830. Big is open with restrictions, if that's where you're headed this morning. But on I-15, yet to see a delay. Mountain View even seeing earlier slowdowns in West Valley. Near 3500 South cleared out at the moment. Heather? Roads are still wet and a bit damp through the northern part of Davis County and well into Weber County. You're going to see that on the West Davis Corridor, portions of I-15 and US-89. There's also a little bit of fog uh, through the Roy Sunset and the mouth of Weber Canyon. But further north, we still have a bit of snow. Uh, That looks like it's easing up considerably, but you'll still need chains or four-wheel drive right now to get through Sardine Canyon. Eric? And you got a crash southbound on Redwood Road around 600 north uh, this morning. Uh, It's over on the right shoulder. I-15 in Utah County, northbound, southbound. That's looking good. From Spanish Fork to Point of the Mountain, that's a 24-minute drive getting over to the freeway, starting to bunch up on Mountain View Corridor, approaching Redwood Road. And then as it turns into 2100 north, uh, further slowing up ahead as you get to 2300 west. Revere Health encourages you to schedule your preventative care and annual checkups to help increase the potential to live your most healthy and active life. Revere Health, your partner in health, your partner in life. Eric Butler in the KSL Traffic Center. KSL hourly forecast. Cloudy skies for some, but showers for others at 7 a.m. Temps in the low 40s. Working into the lunch hour, better chance for rain in the Salt Lake Valley. Temps right around 41. By this afternoon, topping out at 45 with more rain showers. From the KSL Weather Center, I'm Matt Johnson. That temperature continues to drop out there now, 41 degrees. How bad would the problem have to get in your school before the principal would ask the governor to bring in the National Guard? I can't imagine it. It's happened in Massachusetts. We have more just ahead on KSL. A space capsule is supposed to land in Utah today. Co-founder of Varda Space Industries, Dalian Asbruoff, says the area west of Salt Lake City has just the right conditions for landing a space capsule. And as we were debating sort of where was the best uh, location for reentry, 
um, that it turned out that basically, you know, Salt Lake City uh, ended up being the you know, sort of right place to do that because there is this sort of Utah test and training range. This isn't the first time we've had a landing at the Utah test and training range. Back in 2004, NASA's spacecraft Genesis landed here. Asbruov is also excited to be back here as a former student at West High. Britt Johnson, KSL News Radio. A different satellite is expected to make its return to Earth this week. The 5,000 pound satellite will mostly burn up on its journey home. It was launched in 1995 to collect data on the planet's polar caps, oceans, and land areas. It also got scientists a look at natural disasters like flooding and earthquakes in more remote areas. The European Space Agency decided to deorbit the satellite in 2011 instead of leaving it up there as more space junk. And even though it may be spiraling to Earth, you shouldn't be too worried about it. The chances of someone being injured from space debris is less than 1 in 100 billion. That's 1.5 million times lower than the risk of being killed in an accident at home. Alexandria Bonilla, KSL News Radio. It was a big night for college basketball in the state with two of our local teams hosting top 25 opponents. BYU hosted 11th ranked Baylor at the Marriott Center, and the Cougars got off to a slow start. But later in the game, the three started dropping. Jackson. Jackson for three. Yes! He hits it left side, and BYU by eight. BYU took the lead just before half, did not look back. They beat the Bears by seven, and that crowd was really something. It is every every game, it seems. CBS Sports Analyst Wally Zerbiak uh, commented on the BYU-Baylor game last night, praising the sold-out crowd at the Marriott Center. When you have that type of support from your fan base, it just helps your program so much. When you know at home you're going to just take care of business. You're going to play, elevate your level. Wow. Yeah. They really put on a show down there, and it's become, you know, the place to be when there's a basketball game on campus. There was also a rowdy crowd in Logan last night where the Utah State Aggies hosted the 19th-ranked San Diego State Aztecs. Utah State led for most of the game and held off a late push by the Aztecs to get the five-point win. Real Salt Lake opens their season tonight on the road against Inter-Miami and their superstar Lionel Messi. Miami uh, also added Messi's former Barcelona teammate, Luis Suarez. This is, uh, or there is some controversy surrounding the start of the season, however, as the league has an ongoing dispute with the Professional Soccer Referees Association. That means we could see replacement refs officiating some of the matches. The Utah Jazz will have some old faces at the Delta Center for tomorrow's game against the Charlotte Hornets. This is so cool. According to KSL Sports, the Jazz will welcome back Carlos Boozer, Darren Williams, Memino Kaur, and Andre Karolinko. Wow. As they celebrate some of the team's best players of the 2000s. Tip-off tomorrow night is at 7 o'clock. That'll be fun. AK-47 yeah. coming back home. All right, trending this hour on the 7 o'clock report, Beyonce is once again making history. This ain't Texas. She can do it all. I like that. The singer's new country song, Texas Hold'em, debuted number one on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart. She's the second solo female singer to get the number one spot on the charts right after Taylor Swift. It's hard not to bop your head to that number. <laughs> That's a good dance <laughs> tune. KSL Newstime, 715. The three things you need to know this hour. First, Utah could soon put heavier restrictions on how government uses or even sells your data. I'm KSL News Radio's Peter Johnston. Second, lawmakers are talking about using up to $900 million in tax money to help fund a Major League Baseball stadium in Salt Lake City. Third, it's traffic and weather together. Traffic and Magnus stacking up now on 8400 West, approaching the 201 freeway. We've still got uh, traffic moving fairly decently between Ogden and Salt Lake on I-15. 
and Provo to Salt Lake on I-15 in either direction. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. Showers today with a high of 45. I'm Matt Johnson. We've lost four degrees since we came in this morning. It's getting colder. Something's happening out there. 41 degrees at the KSL Common Spirit Health Studios. Let's take a look at our top national stories. From ABC News, I'm Sherry Preston. Like Evan Gershkovich, Brittany Griner, and Paul Whelan, the family of another American, this one with dual Russian-American citizenship, is in Russian custody, accused of treason. She is a 33-year-old ballerina named Senya Karolina. ABC's Martha Raddatz has more on her story. Karolina's former mother-in-law telling ABC News that the dual citizen went to visit her family in Russia. If we don't help her, we can say goodbye to her. If we do not protect her as an American citizen, nobody else will. Carolina is the latest in a string of Americans detained by Russia, including Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gerskovich and ex-Marine Paul Whelan. Carolina's arrest coming after she allegedly donated about $50 to a Ukrainian charity. She could now face up to 20 years behind bars. Overnight, prosecutors revealed new information about Alexander Smirnov, the informant now charged with providing false information about Hunter and Joe Biden to the FBI. Smirnov now claims a Russian intelligence officer passed on some of that damaging information and that Russian intelligence is actively trying to influence the 2024 election. The mother of dissident Alexei Navalny filing a lawsuit contesting Russian officials refusing to release her son's body. President Biden forgiving another billion dollars in student loan debt starting this morning. Today, another 153,000 Americans will get word from the Biden administration that all or a portion of their student debt has been relieved. President Biden will speak on this topic in Los Angeles today. The administration says the total number of Americans approved for some kind of student debt relief is now nearly 3.9 million. To qualify today, a borrower must be enrolled in the president's student loan payment plan called the SAVE plan, have an original balance of less than $12,000, and have been paying down their loans for a decade or longer. Karen Travers, ABC News. News, Washington. In New Mexico, jury selection begins today in the first trial involving the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. You're listening to ABC News. Time now for the KSL In-Depth. A group of school leaders at a high school in Massachusetts are asking the state to send National Guard troops to help teach classes and keep the kids in line. America in the Morning's Pamela Furr is following the story. These committee members say students at Brockton High School are causing chaos and disrupting the learning environment way too often. In fact, violence has been a recurring problem at that school. Last Thursday, 11 teenage students were arrested and criminally charged after a large fight broke out. Tony Rodriguez tells reporters... We did send a letter out to the the mayor requesting support from the governor on requesting the National Guard be deployed uh, to the city of Brockton to give us support. He also says teachers are concerned there isn't enough staff to keep these kinds of fights from happening. This isn't something that is negative. Um, the National Guard does bring positivity. We use them to deploy COVID vaccinations. But where we are in the city of Brockton, um, with the deficit that created this mess, we're looking for support with the National Guard to come in and act as substitute teachers, hall monitors to make sure that the high school is safe. And it's not just the high school. It also includes our middle schools and elementary schools. Now, Brockton Mayor Robert Sullivan has issued a statement saying he does not support using the National Guard at the school. Of course, only the governor has the power to deploy National Guard troops in the state. And so far, she has not indicated she would do so, but has said her administration is committed to ensuring schools are safe and supportive environments for students, educators and staff. I'm Pamela Furr. Boy, it would seem like a bad precedent to set setting in the National Guard to a school. 
it does uh, make you wonder what the heck is going on. What the on? heck is going on? I wonder if they do they not have uh, the system like I, I think we have here in Utah, where they have an alternative school. So if a student, you know, commits a violent act in the school, I don't think they go back to that school. I think they in some cases at least, go to an alternative school where there is a lot more supervision. Well, it sounds like part of the blame from that uh, one high school um, person there was saying that it's just a shortage of bodies as far as teachers go, mm. that because of their uh, debt right now, they just don't have enough teachers to actually keep control of the students in the hallways. Mm. Mm. But it uh, makes you feel good that we worry about taking cell phones yeah. out of the classroom, <laughs> right. doesn't it? Yeah, that's a good perspective. That is the in-depth this morning at 15 and 45. Traffic and weather together brought to you by Sinclair. Claire's DinoPay app. Save up to 20 cents per gallon. And back over to you, Andy. Traffic's still clear on I-15 through the Salt Lake Valley. Yet to see any delays. But in Tooele County, we've got some I-80 backups now as Lake Point merges onto the freeway. We've got about a half mile or so of slowdowns heading in the direction of the Salt Lake Valley. 201 beginning to slow in at Magna near 8400 West and Mountain View delays have reappeared around 3500 South. Heather? No slowdowns yet throughout Weber and Davis County on the major roadways of I-15 US 89 Legacy Parkway, but we definitely have some thicker fog starting to settle in along I-15 between Roy and Sunset, and that could reduce your speed a little bit, especially as that fog is laying down more moisture onto the roadways. You also have a bit of rain and a snow mix falling in Weber Canyon, but no delays right now between Mountain Green and Ogden. Eric? A lot better on the Wasatch back now in US-40 for coming out of Heber City. No delays going by Jordanelle Reservoir. I still imagine there's some slick spots out there on the road of potential spots like that, so be careful going up towards I-80. If you're on I-80 through Parley's Canyon, no slowdowns right now and no delays in Utah County on I-15. Don't miss Park City Gallery Association's Gallery Stroll, a feast for your eyes and your palate. Delicious art and chocolatiers sampling yummy confections this Friday, 6 to 9 p.m. Visit ParkCityGalleryAssociation.com. Eric Butler in the KSL Traffic Center. KSL 7 8 forecast starts out with rain today, 45. 46 tomorrow, partly cloudy skies. Mostly sunny with a high of 50. That's the start of a warming trend Friday. Saturday, 55. Sunday, 56 and partly cloudy. We bring in another storm that could bring in some rain and snow Monday and Tuesday of next week. From the KSL Weather Center, I'm Matt Johnson. But that weekend really looks nice with all that sunshine. Right now, cloudy downtown, 41 degrees. The seven-day forecast brought to you by Performance Automotive Bountiful.